Welcome to the podcast. We're street smart, business smart, all kinds of smart people share their insights into the world of marketing, career journeys, and personal growth. So sit back and prepare to get enlightened with your host, Adam Posner. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast where I bring you the best and brightest from the world of business, marketing, and personal growth to help you harness your inner tenacity and drive your life and career forward. My guest today, Jeff Manns, is a 15-year veteran of the fantasy sports industry and the outspoken frontman of SiriusXM, my alum, Fantasy Sports Radio, and the chief uh, CC, I don't know what the other C is for. He's a chief of something of at least fantasy.com. We're certainly going to talk about that. Is a chief creative officer, chief operational officer, something. Yeah, one of those. One of those C's. And over the past seven years, he's helped build Fantasy Alarm into one of the leading fantasy sports news and information sites in the world. And he has a 10-time daily fantasy sports live final qualifier. That's a mouthful. Two-time DFS final live winner. He's won it all. I mean, fantasy sports are the thing right now. We're going to certainly talk about that. Um, we're going to talk about his radio show. We're going to, we are serious XM alumnus. So we'll talk about that. He is published all over. He is an authority on fantasy sports. Uh, he's also one of the featured leads in the documentary film, Living the Fantasy, and we'll touch on that. And you can catch Jeff hosting a variety of live programs, including his own Guru Elite show from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time every weekday on SiriusXM. We'll dig into his career, fantasy sports, what the hell is happening with this crazy freaking coronavirus, and a whole lot more. I wish we didn't have to talk about that, but we will. Jeff Manns, welcome to the podcast, my man. Yeah, what is up, man? Thank you for having me. I don't appreciate it very much. I'm glad to be here. I love turning the tables on hosts. And, and for anybody who's <laughs> listening but not watching, this is the first time I am ever having a drink while doing my show. And it's just one drink, you know, a little casual cocktail here. We're, so. we're in a crazy time, my man. And I'm not sure when this episode is going to air, but the day I'm recording it is the 19th day of the month of March in 2020. And we're in the midst of this coronavirus scare here. I'm in New York and Jeff is in Arizona. What's your take on all this, man? What's happening in our crazy world? Dude, it's like, uh, I feel like it's, we're on an airplane and, and we have turbulence. And you just, you know, like, even though we always think in our mind, it's going to be fine. I go for, but there's that moment and we are in the, we're in the ass crack of that moment right now where we don't exactly know what's going to happen. The plane is shaking. There's like a little bit of a dive. We're kind of going left and right. We're like, okay, okay. Everyone's looking around like, oh, no, no, it's crazy. Well, I'm not going to be the one to start screaming, but no. you might start screaming. It's crazy. It's, it's a wild time. We really don't know how it's all going to play out. We do not know. And the oxygen masks have not fallen, uh, yes, not you know. Yet. The captain has passed in the seatbelt sign, and they said return to your seats and put your train in the upright position. Uh, but we're in for a bumpy ride, my man. And, you know, I, I try to balance optimism with my natural Jewish New York pessimism uh, and cynical side of me. But also, I really want to be mindful. You know, I got two small kids, and I really am cognizant of their safety, legacy, and future. So I'm trying to balance all those together yeah. while being a small business owner uh, and putting all that together. So I take it day by day. I protect my family. I look out for my friends and family um, and just hold down the fort, hold the line, man, and, and look out for each other, right? Yeah, that's really what it's all about. I mean, you got 
I was, I'm as skeptical of a virus, you know, I've been through H1N1 and SARS and all these kind of thing. And they, they say, oh no, but this is the real one. Like, dude, you and I are about the same age. We grew up in, remember the killer bees? Like the killer bees oh. were always, my mom, every summer. That the killer bees shit are, out of me, bro. <laughs> they're coming up from Mexico. They're in Texas. Oh my God. they're good. And I was in Illinois at the time. They're like, it's coming. They're coming for us. I'm like, oh shit, the killer bees are coming. And they never really came. So, and then we've had all a lot of epidemics. We didn't know two weeks ago, really, that this was going to be the. It water. happened a week ago. Yeah, really, exactly. Like, so it kind of started with the NBA, right? Once the NBA canceled yeah. that Pelicans game right in the middle, whatever that was, you're like, Rudy oh, Gobert coming down with it, and uh, all of a sudden, touching all the mics. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he does that. Then he contracts the virus, and oh yeah. So I mean, that's where we're at. Like you said, but the thing is, it's like it doesn't hurt to do the right thing, whether you believe in it, you don't believe in it, you're high, you're low, whatever. You got to just, like you said, you have a wife, you have a family to protect, you have friends to protect, you have animals to protect. You've got whatever it is that's important. You're like, you got to just, let's chill out. Let's watch yeah. some Netflix. Let's, let's relax for a while and uh, see where this goes. I really think it's society needs to just Netflix and chill, right? I mean, yeah. I think that's what it's really about. I think it's about taking a taking an extended timeout. We're talking a, a, a more than a two-minute warning timeout. We're talking more than a TV timeout. Um, everyone needs to chill. And you know what? I mean, it's interesting. There's so many silver linings that are going to come from this. There's so many advances in technology that are going to come out of this. Um, and I don't want to go too down a rabbit hole, but there are some dark sides of it too, which will certainly park. So let's talk about what's happening in, in, in the state of sports right now. Um, but before we do that, listen, I'm a recruiter. I told you that's what I do. And I like to start off every show. I at least want to get everyone's kind of career journey because it's fascinating because I am fascinated by how the hell does somebody get a pretty, and I'm assuming, Jeff, that you have an awesome job because your job is to talk fantasy sports, get paid for fantasy sports. I mean, I don't know if you have any other jobs. I don't know if you do shit on the side, but like, let's give us a quick elevator pitch of the Jeff Mann's career story. Give it to me short and sweet. I want to spend this time talking about sports, but let's level set everyone here. Tell us a little bit about your sports. Sports fan my whole life, you know, grew up, blah, 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 all that. While I stuff. sip my drink. While you sip, uh, while you get loaded, I, I will do this and not get as loaded. I, uh, but, uh, you know, um, wanted to be a, uh, a sports writer. That was like my dream job growing up. I was going to be a sports writer. That was my whole thing. Went to journalism school. I had to take a medical with leave from school like my appendix burst and i had sepsis and it was like Ugh. a two-month thing so i had to drop out of college um my going into my so first uh, semester sophomore year and so i had i was sick for like a year almost after that getting better i had to go back to school and i at that point it was like the computer boom was late 90s and it was like i changed from journalism to computer science because i need to make money you know and i'm like well i can get a job better this way so I did that while always sort of following journalism dream. And I had people around the Chicago area, you know, that were helping me out. And I was covering local, uh, uh, I did my college uh, women's basketball team, soccer team. You know, I covered those sports and things. And eventually I was an apprentice and a stringer at the Daily Herald, which is the third biggest paper was in Chicago at the time. And, and I got You're on a Chicago to, uh, boy. You're a Chicago I guy. Am. Yeah, yeah, I moved I to Arizona that. like three, four years ago. Yeah, I grew up on the south side of Chicago. And, uh, you know, during the You're time. You're a Sox when, fan? Like, yeah, man. I'm a White Sox fan. Dude, it, we, uh, it's the quick story. No judgment. Yeah, Kirby Puckett. Remember Kirby Puckett, right? He, uh, he's from the Legend. south side. He's from, 
he's from my neighborhood. He would come by uh, apartment complex right across from where I grew up. He would come in in a fur coat, mid eighties, fur coat, and he'd have hundred dollar bills, passing out, pass them out, pass, just to give back support. to the community. Absolutely, he was beloved. I mean, you could not even say anything about Kirby Puckett. That dude is royalty from where I let's come talk. From. A, let's talk about a pure a pure hitter right there. I mean, just to digress for a moment there. You know, we talk about in this day and age. I mean, we'll talk baseball in a little bit. Like we talk about oh, these yeah. pure hitters that have this sweet swing, man. I'm I'm a Mets fan. I'm a diehard Mets fan, and I mm-hmm. see it now with like with like Alonso and everything. Like these guys that just yeah fucking oh, yeah. smack the sh- and and even Jeff McNeil. These guys that get up there and they see the ball, they have like that radar, right? Kirby Puckett, legendary. But yeah. Kirby is like a self-made dude too. Like he just he he did things differently. He was pudgy. He wasn't that fast. It was all about hustle. You know, um, so yeah, he did it. He found his sweet, sweet spot. What he learned is like crouching down. He used to, he was one of the first to use his size for him. He was a small guy, but he, he would make that strike zone smaller. And then he would have that window and knew the pitch that he needed to hit. And he'd just destroy it when he got it. And he didn't fish for pitches outside of the zone. Smart. He didn't worry. He was willing to get on base and do all that. And then, you know, hustle his ass off to be a great center fielder and all that. But yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, Kirby's my dude. So, so, you, so, so you're in Chicago. You're covering local sports. Yep. Yeah, I, and I ended up working for the government. So I took a, a computer job. You know, I, I have a weird story. Like, so I worked – I was working for the government. I was delivering mail as a mailman for, like, four years as, like, an apprentice or whatever. And then um, graduated school. I did that while I was in school. I started a computer repair company on the side while delivering mail. And then eventually I got a promotion to postal service to go into their IT department. So I did that while building a PC repair business. So you're solely responsible for the postal service coming (laughs) to a complete halt. Dude, I can't. It was almost out of business. I thought back in the late nineties, early two thousands, when I was working there, I thought, I can't believe it's still going today. But so like I ended up selling that comp my uh, PC repair business. I sold it to GE. Actually, it was nice. a warranty. You know, I did all the warranties for at that point, Circuit City, Montgomery Wards, Office Max, like Circuit I got City these- blast from the past. Yeah. There we go. Circuit City. All plug these in contracts. Hey, hey, Circuit City, if you're looking uh, for, well, I'm looking for a sponsor. So if Circuit City wants to advertise on the podcast. Please come on board, Circuit City. If anybody wants to advertise, let's go, people. Let's go. We could get bourbon or something at this point, I think. Now we're going uh, This episode is brought to you by Basil Hayden. Thank you. Ooh, good one. I like that. That's a good, I knew I, I could recognize it through the glass, you I thought. Could, you but could smell it. You could smell it. I could smell it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, man. So, that's, so, I sold that. So, I continued to work then in an IT department for the Postal Service for what ended up being 16 years. And on the side in like uh, 2004, I, me and a couple of my buddies decided, hey, let's start a fantasy football website. Ah, it was big. You know, and back then there wasn't big, that big of an industry, but we could tell it was growing. Yahoo, had, a, Yahoo had it up and going. ESPN Yahoo, might have had theirs. I'm not sure when they had their pages. Roto World was Roto alive. World was and, big, yeah, before they yeah, and Matthew, out. Yeah. Matthew Barry, who's a friend of mine, he yep. was actually um, with Roto World at the time when I started. And then he had just gotten his own company, the talented Mr. Roto. This is before he went to ESPN. So, like all that happened in my first I remember year, that. and I would go and I would network with those people or whatever. So I spent probably five years, you know, in the late 2000s, just sort of writing, honing my craft, um, 
you know, doing fantasy sports. Then we eventually uh, developed into baseball. It did some things like that. And uh, so from like 05 through 2010, I was just back and forth. But it's a strange thing. I had a very popular for that time podcast. Uh, with my partner Ryan Hallam, and again, so talking no, early days of podcasting. Before it was, I don't even think it was called podcasting back then, right? It it was just yeah, it was like just uh, coining uh, the. It was just coming out, like it was like oh yeah. seven oh eight is when we we had the number one sports podcast at one point when nobody gave a, a shit, nobody cared at all, but it was like hey, we number one whatever, and uh, so we did that for a while, and again the downloads were like. You know, now you get like 50,000 downloads and stuff. Like, I, I think we had 900. You know what I mean? It wasn't that many, but at that time, it was something. And that's where I, uh, Sirius XM heard of me. I met up with a guy named Al Williams, who was just starting Fantasy Alarm at that time. And sort of the, the rubber met the road in 2010, where I went, sold my company, my little company to Al and Fantasy Alarm and became a part owner there. And then I got on the air at Sirius XM as a once a week fill-in because the fantasy sports station just launched. Yeah. Mind you, I'm still working at the postal service at that time. So I'm still like, you know, uh, I'm still doing my day job and now I'm trying to run a a fantasy sports company and do radio on the side. So um, those couple of years, I I left the post service in 2012 and started doing this full time then. So where where do you broadcast Sirius from now? You do it from your home? I do it from a home office, yeah. You're hardlined, um, so. you're hard-lined into them? Yeah, yeah. Did a, we do a uh, – they did Kodak Baxis now. I have ISDN here too as a backup, but um, you rarely need ISDN anymore. Yeah, so let's talk about your show for a little bit. Give us, sure. give us, the, give us the TLDR on your fantasy sports show. Uh, I mean, it's called Elite Sports. So I should mention, like, I was with Alarm, and then I left Fantasy Alarm, which is the toughest decisions I've ever made, but I, uh, a new company called Guru Elite. And Guru Elite, uh, we became one of the biggest companies in short time, me, Tommy G, and the crew over there. We're now part of the Elite Sports Network. And my show is named Elite Sports. It's on 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM's Fantasy Sports Radio. The way I look at it, Adam, is like, it, it's not, like, we're on a fantasy sports station, but fortunately, I've been successful enough on the network to uh, to uh, get fired three times and stay there. Um, to uh, <laughs> it be able, like the, the program director, the head of sports, Steve Cohen, Scott Greenstein, head of uh, all programming, they trust me enough that I I, I know them both, <laughs> you know all of them. So um, they trust me at this point to I do a sports talk show with a fantasy slice. You know what I mean? Like I I am able to. Whatever happens in the world, Todd Gurley uh, gets cut from the Rams, or you know, uh, major- he's not that good. Yeah, I know. Well, he not anymore. That's for sure. He lost a, a lot. Don't so, worry, the Jets the Jets will sign him. <laughs> they'll give him fifty two million, like uh, Le'Veon Bell. So you know what I mean? Like I, I'm about hot topics, and then I'm able to help people also play seasonal fantasy sports, baseball, football, basketball, daily fantasy sports. Uh, gambling which is now legal in 12 states and counting so like yeah, watch what happens you now. know i call it a modern sports show and i think we've been ahead of the curve for almost a decade now on sirius xm where we picked up daily in its infancy we took up high stakes in its infancy and now we're, we're taking up betting and future and prop bets and all these types of things so yeah. you know we're, we're we're talking sports but also telling the fans how to make money from those sports 
Well, that's what's interesting too. And and we talk about fantasy sports and and I mean it really hit its stride, you know, with the the advent of the internet making it so much easier. But we go back to I remember, you know, doing fantasy sports early in my college days, and we'd have old school draft boards, right? We were doing it in pen and paper oh, yeah. and people were tracking stats. I mean, there's there's a lot of stories to that. I mean, that was only a year or two for me until we got into the the modern age. And I last year it's crazy. Um, this is the first year not doing my 20-year fantasy baseball league. We ended it last year. The commission oh, no. uh, just had enough. We ended it. Um, and it was a head-to-head. It started as Roto. We had 12 yeah. teams, 15 teams. I mean, I've known these guys my entire life. And the, the thing that people don't understand, I think my wife gets it, the love of fantasy sports is not just a competition, but it's a shit-talking. It is the sheer amount of right. shit-talking that goes on. And, and we're talking people for who do not understand fantasy sports it is a depth and depravity of extents that you can't even imagine the amount of personal insults that some of these leagues get. You have to have thick skin in a fantasy league. What do you, what do you think the appeal is, man? Is it, and it's not just for dudes because we could spend the whole other episode on the advent of, of (laughs) fantasy sports, but like what's the draw to fantasy sports? Why do people love it so much, Jeff? Yeah, I, you know what? I, I think part of it, I mean, you hit it on, on the head right there. I think another part of it is like a lot of us just are, there's a competitive gene inside a, a certain segment of the population. And it turns out it's more than we thought. And, you know, we're not athletes. You know, we, we couldn't <laughs> Look rise to the highest level. Right, exactly. We're but, in uh, comfort. We're lounging. I could drink it to my job. Yeah, I know. And uh, I'm sipping coffee as we speak. And I'm jealous of you now. But, you know, it's like we want to win. That's what we want. We want to prove we're better. We want to win. And we can't play the sports, but we know the sports. We, we kind of can tell this guy's better than that guy. This team's better than this team. And our way, fantasy sports is a way of us proving our knowledge beats that of our opponents, our friends, our coworkers, our buddies, our relatives, or what have it's, you. So It's all competitive. Exactly. And, and when we get that win, like you said, the shit talking, that is it. That, that's, you, there's nothing better. Okay. And if – if you don't even know the people, if let's say you don't even see the people, it's an online draft, you right. still are puffing your chest. I won the league. I won the league. You know? There's nothing better. Did, did you watch? Yeah. Did you watch? I, I know this. I know the answer to this. I'd be shocked if you didn't. You watch the FX show, The League, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I was, that was, I mean, that, our, that sums it up. That sums it up. I was like the Shiba, on the Shiba an Bowl. episode. Really? I was on an episode. Well, John Hansen Please, was on an episode. Let's hear that story. This is uh, oh, okay. So um, it's not on my IMDb, although I do have an IMDb page. The um, yeah, John Hansen is from SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio. He's a very famous guy. Actually, fan- he's the founder of Fantasy Guru, one of the sites that I now run. John retired and all that stuff. Good, good friend of mine. But he was like on to show his face and presence. Now right. I always say I was on it because they did in this episode. They did a three episode arc where they were listening to our station. And in one of the things my show was on at that time, I was in overnights and the uh, character of um, the guy who was married uh, I'm told the redheaded guy, he yeah. woke up in the middle of the night and was listening to the station and it was my show. So that, that's, that's, that's awesome. my big that claim show, that I was in the that show, that show. That show was so good. I mean, I, I love fantasy. I do. I do um, so it was a, it was a head to head league. And over the course of 19 years, I had three, three rings, which I think is not bad. You know, 15-year league, and and I've been in the overall winning percentage. You know, very happy. I I love head-to-head. I love head-to-head more than roto and baseball. I think it keeps you in it a lot longer. It, you know, each week you're just battling one to one. 
Roto Baseball, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Roto Baseball, you oh, kind of you know if you're out of it by you know early August. You kind of know if you're out of it. Yeah, I, I am in a lot of trouble in my industry, Adam, because I have spoken out against Roto Baseball leagues because people so – I'm all – I love fancy baseball. I love baseball. It's my first love. I mean, it really Me is. Too. And um, But the game is dying. You just mentioned it before, your, your longtime league – and you're not alone. There's a lot of our longtime league from the nineties folded probably eight years ago. And like some of us play another league, but it, it's to the point. And I think it's because you don't get that win in a Roto league, you draft and it's fun. And then that's it until October. And you that's say, it. Hey, I won, by the way, you just don't have that carrot and right, wrong or indifferent. <laughs> our society is about instant gratification. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Roto leagues just don't suit that so i spoke out against roto leagues the last couple years and i'm like a, i'm an albatross like i'm telling you the fantasy baseball community turned on me significantly as a Why? result of that because they say that i hate baseball and i'm sitting here like i love baseball like it's what i do i'm in leagues <laughs> i talk about it every day but i i'm not diehard enough for them because i advocate head to head leagues i advocate I half, half a season leagues and the season Ooh. August 31st. Like all these like daily fantasy, daily roster moves, daily lineup changes. Nobody wants to do any of that. They still want to play the way they did in 1986. Yeah. And I think it's really hurting the game. Yeah, I mean, not to get too technical. I mean, I love head-to-head baseball because to that point that you, Matt, that you completely mentioned is every week is a championship. Every week is a battle. Versus Roto, you set it, you do your draft, you make some lineup tweaks, you do some pickups, maybe a trade here and there. But head-to-head's where it's at. So this year I joined the Roto League because I needed a league, and I joined yeah. the Friends League, and we're preparing. Our draft is supposed to be this Sunday, the 21st of March. And oh. I'm disappointed, man. We parked it. We made the conscious decision to not do the draft, and I was for it. I said, let's do the draft. And some people are like, you may get John Carlos Stanton back. You may get Judge back. You may get you know, maybe Verlander. Let's see what happens with his groin oh, yeah. surgery here. And that affects the draft. And I fully understand that. But my feedback to the guys was, hey, we need to keep a semblance of normalcy here. Let's just keep this shit. Let's just keep the draft and let's do it and like feel good about it. But I got vetoed out of it and I'm new to this oh, league. Wow. So I don't have much pull in that league. So I'm going to, I'm going to leave it at that. Um, let's talk about this for a little bit. Cause it's, it's, sure. it's, I, I think it's tough because sports has gone on hold and sports is, it's what you look to in times when things are not good, when things are great. You always have sports as a consistency. I think the only time that sports ever stopped in our modern age was 9-11, right, when baseball stopped. And I think about yeah. that time, I'm a, I'm a diehard Mets fan, and I remember it distinctly, oh, yeah. that game when Piazza like came Piazza. back and he hit that game. That, that, I, I have chills thinking about it. I am a diehard. I great. bleed Mets. I am a painfully mm-hmm. – I have, I have Shea Stadium seats in my den right downstairs. Like, yeah. I live for the Mets. Um, we're in a really weird time where there's no sports because there physically can't be sports. Um, and I think bowling's on. They're playing, are they doing bowl? Like there, there are, I mean, the Ocho, that, ESPN, the Ocho, <laughs> the Ocho dodgeball tournaments, but no, that dodgeball would be bad at this time. No. So you're right. No, but, dodgeball should not be played in the age of coronavirus. No, I, it's, yeah, it's worse. Than or two hand touch football. Ringworm with a wrestling uh, on the mats and stuff, but no. So they're they're surprised. There's still sports going on. So like that's exactly right. right. And like from a business sense of what we do, like Elite Sports Network, and we have we run like a variety of sites, three different sites: Elite Sports Betting, Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, blah blah blah. But 
we are an escape for people, Adam. And that, that's sort of, and I take that responsibility very seriously. I, I mean, I, I'm not just saying that, I really mean it. And so like during this time, like we are as a company trying to find, all right, what can we do to help people escape? Because I said this a while ago, we're all on like this, um, and we're all in uh, bunkers and, and held up at our houses. There's either going to be a ton of babies born in nine months or a ton of divorces or possibly and, and, like, it, and spouse no, murder. Spouse murder is going to go murder. off the chart. And I say it kind of, I say yep. it kiddingly and I really hope it's not, but uh, there's right. going to be a lot of spouse murder. And I think, I'm and then dateline uh, in nine months is going to be on point. Yes. I mean, dude, there's, <laughs> there's, it's true. So there's we a kid, lot, but <laughs> we kid, but there's hints of truth in all the good jokes, isn't there? So that, mm. that's where we're at. So right now, dude, I'll tell you what, I'm horse racing. Horse racing, they're still running all over the country. Are they? All over the Whoa. world, yes. Yes, yes, Whoa. yes. So, so the jockeys are on the horses, or are they ho- mm-hmm. jockey, jockey lace horses? No, jockeys are on the horses. They're, they're not selling. The, the, they have banned over like a week ago before. They were letting people into the arenas, not anymore. But they're still racing the horses. So they're huh. doing that and they're doing it all over. So we launched a whole thing at our betting site. Like, all right, let's do with the ponies. I was in the horse racing, me and my, uh, one of my partners on the show, Ted so you, Schuster. So you could, so you could speak eloquently on the ponies. Sure. Absolutely. I pitched fantasy horse racing in 2007. What the hell did um, Scott Greenstein say to fantasy horse racing channel? He was, he would be no dice on that. Although <laughs> right now, but here's the thing with now. Scott, like, the, the thing about Scott and, and, and even uh, Steve and all these, all the guys, like I said, I've been fired. But they've been opened up to me over the years because we, we've been very fortunate to have good listenership and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So very lucky. But, like, I, am talk, I talked about horse racing on my show today. And I'm, I, we're doing theories and things. And we're getting people that are interested. Or, and I even found a way that people are not interested, just betting numbers or just playing at home with their kids just to, you know, pick them out of a hat game or something, you know, okay. just because so, we could watch it. And it's that win. Like you and I just right. talked about, it. it's like, okay, I won. Even if it's a, well, you know, you get an extra a piece of gum or a, 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 a treat or a dessert or, or, you know, whatever it is, if you're playing for free at home, for people that like action and have money on it, you could still bet online. And, and we, need we need something. We need something. Exactly. We need something competitive. It, we need Something and not just Netflix and yep. Hulu and Amazon Prime and all that. We we need something there. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I I truly. I mean, we're gonna get this season back. It's gonna be a truncated season yeah. um, for baseball, and I'm fine with that. What do you think is gonna happen with basketball? Oh boy, that's a tough one because there it's and borderline hockey, outbreak. Yeah. Hockey hasn't been hit as much as NBA, but I mean, I I personally think that that we would have more sports right now if not for the NBA outbreak. Like the Rudy Gobert and everybody. I mean, Kevin Durant has it. Um, every day, there's more and more. I wasn't teams. even playing. I wasn't even playing. Just being around the locker room. It's just, it's the way it's gone. And you don't know where the strains it comes in. There's a lot of foreign players yeah. in NBA coming over. A lot of like uh, developmental leagues, and you know, and a lot of germs. And uh, there you go. So uh, NBA. They're going to end hockey. I think they're just going to do the playoffs. Whenever we come back, let's say it's June 1st. I think we're just going to have a truncated sort of playoff system. and Like and, you're and in your outs, right? I mean, hockey, we're, we're already there, right? We're already at playoff hockey season anyway in a, sure. in a week or so. Anyway, like if the season, I think, ends the end of March anyway. Yeah, um, first totally get that. Yeah. We're into hockey. And hockey, they got gloves on. Yeah. 
I mean, and I, that, well, the, there's but there's a lot of fluid kind of, transferring. <laughs> dude, there's all kinds of theories on like the virus can't live in the heat, you know, so you could play in warm weather. The virus can't live in the cold, so you could play in ice. Like, I don't think anybody knows. Those are just guesses from people randomly. <sighs> so that's that's the unknown. We just don't quite know what the what will happen. But we'll no, have, it's, sports it's, will eventually be back. I mean, I, I not going away forever. Think, uh, I think we'll be fine. And, and Jeff, we could talk for hours and hours and days about this, but I want to kind of bring it back to the focus of my show uh, yeah. because I, dude, it's crazy. I mean, I, I feel that I could have a different kind of radio show. I feel like I could host, uh, I don't know. I could get a show on Sirius XM. I mean, I know Scott, I know Ross Ape, and I know those guys over there. We can Ross, make that yeah. shit happen. Yeah. Russ is an old time buddy of mine over there, but I want to get back to your career. I mean, you kind of, kind of been through it all. Um, what was that? down point in your career what was that time where you really questioned what the hell am i gonna do with my career let's take it back to that moment dude that's a great question because i i I mean i I, i've talked openly about this before but not much like i went through like a depressed state and i didn't recognize that i'm like i i had been i've been married since 2000 so it's i'm going on 20 years of marriage i have a daughter graduating high school uh this year i've got what's that uh, what's happening there with her high school graduation is she bugging out canceled Every, oh, oh, she's broke. She, she is okay. fifth in her class. She talk us she about own, that. Let's talk about that for a moment there. Yes, yeah, she's almost valedictorian, and oh. so she has worked her whole life. She has been great and goal focused, much like we're talking about sports. She is, she's a high achiever, signa cum laude. She's the whole deal. She's gotten into uh, Barrett School, the honor school at ASU, the whole deal. And they canceled prom, they canceled spring sports, tennis, and they canceled her graduation. It's like, wow. I mean, she's devastated. But I told, I remind her this. My daughter was, um, she was in my wife's stomach during 9-11. So, like, she, this is an unbelievable arc of her life. Like, we were pregnant with her during the towers fall. And so it was like, you want to talk about the previous not known thing, you know? So it's like, you know, I I keep telling her, kiddo, you have a unique life. Like, you could woe is me all you want. But that's that you have some freaking stories to tell uh, when, yeah. when it comes to all that. So she's devastated about that, obviously. But, yeah. yeah, I'll give you a I'll give you a quick news flash. Chris Sale is going through uh, Tommy John surgery. Makes sense. Uh, it's funny because yeah, I predicted that nine years ago. I'm a White Sox fan, and I always thought he was. I never thought it's, it's, he was going to do it's it. It's his motion, right? And so I'm only nine years late. <laughs> I'm so so. Uh, I want to, I want to, I want to complete the, complete the thought here about that down right. point in your career. Yeah. So I went through a depression. I was working at the government. Like I said, I, I wasn't doing, I always wanted to do, to write and to do broadcasting. Like I, I had changed because of an unfortunate illness that happened to me and I built my whole life. And at that point, like 2005 through 2012, I was just in a career I didn't want at a place I didn't like. And living a life that, and I had to do it because I'm provided for my three kids and wife and everything else. And I was just happy. I was not a happy person, you know, and I, I wanted more. That's why I was working the side hustle for so many years and trying to make it happen. So those periods were the worst. They absolutely worst. And again, you know, I was getting, I was getting $25 a month from writing for fantasy sports at that time. And I, and I, even at fantasy alarm at first, I was getting a hundred dollars a month and then eventually five hundred dollars a month and you know that as it got more successful the money came in but at 2012 is when i i said okay oh this is a story for you um 
my one of my best friends was murdered. A guy oh who was a postal carrier. Um, I worked in the IT department at the same office that he delivered mail. Um, and one day I watched the opening day of the NFL chargers. I forgot who they played Thursday night football and NBC watched the game. I'm writing my article. He didn't show up to work that day. And they had like, I was a good friend. So they had me call anyway, uh, 10 o'clock news in Chicago, 11 o'clock. It would have been East coast on NBC comes on lead story killed in his garage what? that day that day and it was oh. like he, they tried to steal his car and he was beaten and 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 uh left for dead oh man jesus christ that moment adam i said and, and there was a quote from and my friend is pedro pedro garola is his name and uh he had written on our fantasy football message board at 1 30 a.m the last communication he ever had with anybody was on our he posted a funny message on our uh, cbs message boards but uh, uh, he was going through a situation he had went through a divorce a couple of years before and he had texted me life's too short to be unhappy and at that i just i went back through my messages because i was broken i was just broken and when imagine. that happened i made that decision i'm like you're goddamn right you know you know he he was right and Pedro didn't get to do his thing. He was working with me. He was doing some fancy sports stuff and working for us. And so life is too short to be unhappy. At that's the moment I said, all right, in the next year, I got to get the fuck out of here. I got to get out of this life and I got to build something. And I don't know where it's going to go. And my wife, God love her. She supported me. We refinanced the house. We sold our cars. We sold merchandise. She took on at home daycare. She did all this to try to you make do what you had to do, man. Stuff work. And, uh, you know, it, it, it worked. You know, my family supported me, the kids supported me. So yeah, that was the, at the moment. And when that happened, it was just like, I went in a year blackout and just like said, I need to get out of this job and get into something else, whatever that may be. And it turned out to be fantasy sports. And you followed your passion. So let me ask you this question. Not many people do what you do, man. Not many people could say like, is it a dream job? Right? Because I have so many friends that literally live, (laughs) breathe, eat shit, die, sleep, fucking fantasy sports all day long. Like you make a living and I hopefully it's a decent living, you know, take care of your family and everything. Doing fantasy sports, talking about fantasy sports all day long, man. What's that like, man? It is, um, it's a dream job. It is a dream job. I will say that, and no woe is me, because I do make a good living and all that, but um, like anytime it's work, work is work. I, and I, because right. I have this Fair. job now, there's like, I have long days, like I'm eight hours straight of broadcasting, writing. I stay up three, four, five o'clock in the morning, getting articles on the site for our people who wake up with their coffee to read. So it, when games. it's work, even if it's work you like, it's still work. It's still pain in the ass. Yeah. I still bitch about it, you know. But it is a dream. I mean, I do get to work from home almost exclusively at this point in my career. And I do get to follow sports and watch games that I love. I have my, a nine-year-old son that is so into sports, too. And I get to share that with him. And we, it, we've been to you know, Football Hall of Fame and Super Bowls and – NFL drafts and, you know, uh, NBA finals. and like, You get to experience events. all these amazing things that you wouldn't otherwise have access to. That I always dreamed of. And uh, so I, I'm very lucky. It's absolutely a dream job, no doubt about it. That's, that's awesome. So let me ask you this. What would you say to this point in your career is your biggest professional accomplishment? Huh. Um, well, 
Um, my accomplishment is the radio show, probably because um, you know, as much as I went to journalism school, there was no broadcast ability. It's just I, I was a kid, and my mom raised me. Right. My mom drove a bus, and she had a sports radio with her all the time. That was it, and I was on that bus all the time. So I picked up a lot of the cadences and the timing mechanisms, not even knowing it. I just kind of picked it up and was able to kind of piece together, you know, what my flow now. So the radio show was once, um, and uh, was once you know, a few years ago, was the fourth highest rated show on all series. And that's including awesome. both Howard Stern channels. It was, uh, it was Howard Howard. And then it was the uh, hits or the country, uh, whatever country music. And then it was literally my, at that point, it was the Fantasy Alarm Show. Kate No Shoes Radio? Is that what it was? Yeah, uh, something. No, I forget. I don't know if it was Outlaw. 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 Probably Outlaw. So so we were fourth. Dude, they were flying me to Madison, you know, to New York. And I was at the Christmas party. A couple of those Christmas parties you were talking about where – Jesus, did I? The things that I saw were unfathomable. I went to days. Madison Square Garden at, at, for a LeBron James game at the Skybox. They flew me to. So, like, that achievement and being able to build an audience from that is really awesome. something I take a lot of pride in and really appreciate it. Now, I did have a, I won a daily fan, I've won two daily fantasy sports live finals. So, those are like wins that sort of check my box as far in terms of that my advice is kind of superior in, in to well, other people's i want a hundred thousand dollars i want a hundred thousand dollars at the playboy mansion in 2015 at a base mm. fantasy baseball imagine being around another playmates and having a hundred thousand dollars was half alive back check. then oh yeah yeah he was still alive yeah was he hanging absolutely. out absolutely he, I met him, but I did not. He did not hang out. He just passed. Through. Was he, he was he like through. the crypt? Was he like the crypt keeper? I mean, what was he like at that point? He was, he was pretty much the crypt keeper. <laughs> I mean, but that guy's listen, a legend. Half is a legend. Exactly. exactly. But yeah, I did get to shake hands briefly. He walked through, and then he's like, "All right, fuck these guys." You know, uh-huh. he didn't want anything. And then the next year, I won a two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollar live final for football. So I'm one of only two people to ever, or I'm sorry, four people to win multiple life finals. Nice. Only two people have ever won it in different sports, football and baseball. So those are my crowning achievements. Yeah, man. That's awesome. And what would you say is your superpower? And we're not talking about, you know, being able to fly or be invisible, but like, what do you do that sets you apart from everybody on this planet, Jeff? Drink booze. No, um, besides that, um, be a part i love that question um you know i I think one of the things i do well and why the radio show has been successful is an ability to identify with people and the audience i've had an interesting life um with growing up poor in the south side and eventually you know kind of migrating and moving out west to the northern birds the more you know wealthy worked for government worked individuals sold businesses um talked to people every day so you know i have experienced a lot of different people all different you know like races religions like i don't mind talking about any of this stuff that other people don't like because i i've been there with people you know i identify with it i get our differences and so that's something i take very seriously that's something that um i think i do well i'm able to so bridge the gaps there's a lot of division in the world and i don't just mean during coronavirus but it's like man every what side are you on here? What do you do here? What do you do? And I'm like, nah, fuck it. Like, I don't, none of that. And I'm just like, I'm in for whatever. And if we disagree, awesome. Let's high five. Let's shake right. hands, fist bump. And we're out. 
it's okay to disagree. So I think it is okay to disagree. Yeah, man. And people get mad. Like they get pissed. It's like, it's not personal. I right. I do a segment called Haterade and you should hear like the people, the people will tell me, you know, not only how ugly and gross I am, um, they say I, that you have a face for radio, right? Oh, oh, oh easy. Yeah, <laughs> I, get, I get that all the time. Oh, They're like, Adam, you were born to be a podcaster. You got a face for podcasting. That is perfect. It, now, they would be, uh, you're a handsome man. I'm looking at you right now. You're a pretty handsome guy there. I have a giant Thank runway you, type face that looks like Jay Leno. And well, uh, if I go so sideways, people, you get the, yeah. Oh, you got the profile. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I got you. So, uh, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, people are, are, are like, in, they're passionate about hatred in a lot of ways. And that's, like I don't care. Like you could hate me all you want. I don't take any of that stuff personally. So I, I love it. Jeff. I don't know. I think that's sort of my ability to yeah, man, identify with people. And and last but not least, I mean, I I, I ask this question to every one of my guests. I don't know if you kind of have like a, a finishing move that you do, but I love to get perspective. <laughs> I, and I love this. And I could go back on my eighty shows, and I could say I asked every one of my guests this question, Jeff Mans, right? You've been through it, man. You've been through the good. You've been through the bad. You've been through the ugly. You've been through the ups and downs. You've been through the coronavirus that we're going to survive. What do you look to to pull yourself up when things are bad, man? What do you look to? What do you look to as your guiding light? And when things are great, what's a gratitude? What you know? What is that north star for you, Jeff Mans? Interesting. Um, you know, that's, that's a great question. I, I mean, honestly, like when you, you asked me that question and I opened my mind up, uh, what, what it all comes back to really is family. And I think that would surprise people because I'm considered sort of a wild child on the radio and stuff. But like my family, I like provided for my family and stuff like that is very important. But also like I lost my parents. Uh, both my parents have been deceased for a while. My dad had a lengthy battle of cancer and I was there with my dad. I didn't have a relationship with him very much because he was so sick when I was a kid that but i remember him going through that so like there's this drive that he had to suffer and we were poor we grew up in terrible areas and so, so like there's this drive or fire that is will not be extinguished because i always look to them and what they had to go through and i feel like you talked about i've been blessed with in so many ways in life and i think that i was blessed because they were cursed you know, I really do. Mm. They just had that bad, shitty hand dealt to them. Mm. So every day I kind of think like, all right, I'm fortunate. Don't fuck it up. Don't screw it up. You're given this thing, you know, just don't screw it up. And then obviously for the next generation, my family, uh, wife and kids as well. So that, that's what keeps me going. Jeff Mance, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Dude, it's been a blast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Where could folks find you? Where could they connect with you? Where could they hear the show? Give me the plug, man. Oh, the plug. Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Sirius 210 XM 87. 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. Um, follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Mans. I'm part of the underscore people. Uh, M-A-N-S <laughs> is my last name. The websites, EliteFantasy.com, FantasyGuru.com, EliteSportsBetting.com. And then I have a new thing. I'm on TikTok. I don't know. Kids are into it. I'm doing TikTok. The Jeff Mans, all one word. Yeah, you can find me, the Jeff Mans, on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok, where I'm doing videos, reaction videos there. So, a lot of places. Awesome. 
Jeff, I, I love this, man. I love interviewing. I mean, you're a pro, man. And if I can learn anything from you, it's just how to do this the right way. And hopefully, I mean, listen, in this economy, what's happening, maybe I will have a second. I'll be a boomerang on Sirius and maybe I'll have my yeah. own show. Maybe the, maybe Scott Greenstein is listening and he wants to bring the podcast over to Sirius XM, but we'll save that conversation for another time. I'll tap into my resources. Jeff, thank you for your time. I appreciate you, brother. Great stuff, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Awesome. And to everyone listening at home, thank you again for joining us on the podcast. Please be sure to follow us on all the social media channels. You know where they are. They're linked below. Check out Jeff. Check out SiriusXM and all that good stuff. Remember, take your online offline. Take care of each other. Wash your hands. Be good and catch us next week for another great episode of the podcast. Wisdom is forever. But for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode jam-packed with more incredible humans. For more info, please visit www.nhptalentgroup.com.